0: home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Alright, here's the deal. Slovakia beats Latvia 3-2 in a shootout at the World Juniors. That game ended a few minutes ago. Sweden earlier today shutting out Austria 6-0. Canada plays at 4 o'clock tomorrow against Czechia. Football It is 21-14 at halftime, Toronto over Hamilton. And in baseball tonight, it is a rough night indeed for the Blue Jays. In the seventh inning now, they trail the Cleveland Guardians 8-0. The Guardians with 11 hits, the Blue Jays with just one. Tough one there for the Jays. Tomorrow in the CFL, BC and Calgary. That'll be an interesting game both those teams have only lost to winnipeg so far this season they play at five and then at eight o'clock it's the elks home to the saskatchewan rough riders and our coverage on six thirty, 30 ched will start at 6 30 with the countdown to kickoff hosted by brendan escott it'll also feature morley scott blake Dermott, and
2: this gentleman dave campbell well happy friday night dave oh same to you buddy and uh i i tell you i was uh very happy to see all the pictures and all the tweets and all of our coverage at the, uh, Gary Drager Memorial, uh, down there at, uh, Spruce Grove, uh, it's a tournament I've been involved in, I think once or twice. Uh, I worked with Gary, uh, way back when, when I was just, uh, uh when I was just a youngster, uh, you know, in my early twenties, uh, before Gary sadly passed. Um, so I was just, it's just nice to see, you know, a, a bit more normalcy come back into our lives after, uh. Uh, you know after not having this tournament for two years so so right on great great job I, I never got to meet gary tell me a little bit about him well you know he uh he didn't say much uh he was a very funny man though he loved tennis uh we had you know the occasional conversation because he worked in our traffic department and i was uh, i was a tech producer so i was on the board where derek scott is and you know he would come up and you know check things and and uh and you know, it, you know, we would have a good conversation and he was just a very funny, off the cuff kind of guy. Um, and his heart was so huge for for Santa's anonymous and, and for the kids. And uh, you know, he had challenges every year, obviously, as every everyone that runs the program always runs into some sort of challenge. Uh and, and you know what? Back then we had the depot was actually at the six thirty Chad building. So until we renovated and we brought in two other stations, so then we, you know, then after that there was more headaches for the executive director because they had to find a, a temporary location. So, and now we have a permanent one, which is great. But uh, yeah, we have the depot right in the building, and uh, Gary's heart always would would get bigger and bigger, and of course worked with uh, his daughter Chelsea uh, for a number of years as well. So, um, you know, the Drager family is, is amazing, and and you know we we miss Gary, but we're so happy that his legacy lives on in this way.
0: Yeah, it was a fun day, and I want to talk a little bit more about it as uh, we go along tonight. Actually, I, I sat down with Trent Brown and did a quick interview, and he had, he made an interesting comment about the tomorrow night's game between the Elks and the and the Riders. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. Uh, hey, it on. I got like for, like last night's game. Yeah. Um Okay, I'll ask this way: Did Montreal win it or did Winnipeg lose it?
2: Oh, those questions. <laughs> <laughs> the the goalpost was the reason why the, the, the Bombers lost. Got How about way. that? <laughs> you know, some people are suggesting that, uh, that uh, Michael Shea should have asked Legio to punt the ball uh, and, and go for the single. I'm going, that never works. No, Wally Bono's no, tried it. Ken lame. Miller's tried it other coaches have tried it i'm sure that doesn't work you're going to kick the field goal that's the best percentage play that you you give the alouettes credit i mean they played them tough a week ago they should have maybe won that game. But, you know, I think that they were able to neutralize the Bombers in the fourth quarter, who are so good in the fourth quarter. There's there's no better team in the league in the fourth quarter of the last couple, three seasons in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But they they hung around, and they really made things difficult in the Bombers. And, look, you know, I know Blake Blake Dermott. We love Blake Dermott, our, our inside-the-game analyst. And he said he didn't like Winnipeg from... You know, uh, last season, he thought there were flaws there, even though they were winning by two touchdowns every single darn game, it felt like. And I said, so what do you think this year? He's like, I'm not even talking about it. I mean, you've had him on the show here, and he won't even touch it anymore. I said, well, I think they're ripe for a losing streak. I really do. The the way they play, you know, the, the, the Lions are this flash and dash team and who just love to you know, play the game at 110 miles per hour. And then here's the bombers who just love playing this uncomfortably close games with, with teams on flirt with disaster. And I'm like, well, you play like that and you get these nice runs, but eventually it kind of comes back to bite you and it bit them last night. So I'll give the Alouettes credit. It's just tough when you lose the game off of the foot of a kicker, that doesn't help. And that's going to be their issue going forward is how do they address their kicking game if they're going to address it at all. But now they have a bye week and they'll come back and I'm sure they'll have a renewed focus because that's just what Michael Shea does.
0: Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be fine. But it it it, it has been interesting talking to to Blake about. Them. But I get it. I mean, he's he's got an opinion, and you and I make yeah. predictions, and sometimes we're we're wrong. Blake hasn't been as big a believer in the two time defending champs who started this year nine and zero. But yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, the BC and Calgary tomorrow is going to be a really. Interesting game. rourke oh, has yes. been oh, in- yeah. incredible, not just against the Elks. He's been incredible against, I guess, Winnipeg's the only team that kind of slowed him down a little bit. So that'll be a fun mm-hmm. game leading into our game on Chet. All right, uh, David Beard. I-, I believe he was a little bit banged up, the, the center for the
2: Elks. What's his status tomorrow? Yeah, limited on day one uh, with a shoulder injury, but uh, he was fine on day two and, and and yesterday for day three took part in today's walkthrough. So there's no real issue with David Beer, just uh, you know, a little bit of a lighter day on day one, which is uh, what, what happens under Chris Jones. Usually if you have a little bit of an ailment, but still are able to be on the field and participate, you're going to be a little bit limited. Um, they really don't have any issues. I mean, Mike Dubison, hit the one game injured list today. So that's the only injury they have from last week. So uh, Jamie Harry is going to come in former lion and, and perform on special teams. And also Steven Nielsen, this is uh, the most significant because he's their global player. He's the six offensive lineman and they had to play Ryan Meskel last week. He, they had three kickers on the roster for goodness sakes. And the Australian was handling kickoffs. So uh, that's it. That's it for changes. So they're, a healthy bunch, as healthy as they can get. And obviously they're still uh they're still waiting on Trey Ford. And, you know, I don't know if we're gonna I don't know when we're gonna see James Wilder Jr. And I don't think we're gonna see Aaron Grimes this year. So as far as uh you know the the lineup is concerned, this is pretty much what you're gonna see uh from here on out until either this team plays better or if they don't play better and Chris Jones decides he's gonna, you know, make changes again.
0: Yeah. To me, look, we, Nick Lewis was on and, and, you know, G Roy was on earlier in the week and G Roy works for the team. Nick doesn't, but they both kind of said in their own way that yes, this year is going to have painful moments, uh, hopefully to build for something better. You don't want them to be too painful, I I suppose. Um, and, And I think, there's a recognition that you look a lot of position sets and you wouldn't rank the Elks in the top two thirds of the league in those position sets, except for maybe Mm -hmm. receiver. I think the, the, at least for me, the biggest concern though uh, Mm -hmm. has become the secondary because there have been some plays where at least I think that they've been able to get pressure on quarterbacks and there's still plays to be made against like is that how you see it is that the unit that still needs to gel the most or have they just had continuity issues what's going on
2: so the the biggest concern for me on defense is absolutely the secondary in and their ability to play man coverage because in a Chris Jones run defense, he's going to want to pressure the quarterback and you're going to have to play man coverage. And, you know, last week against Nathan Rourke, he tried to play man to man coverage. And there's one play in particular that, uh, well, there's a couple of plays near the, uh, or a few plays near the goal line that resulted in touchdowns that uh, result. And there's one that was a complete bust in coverage uh, on the first one. I think the second one, uh, Raphael Leonard got beat on a slant or a post or sorry, a corner. And then it happened again on a, you know, sort of a jump ball, which Leonard was late on, and then I'm thinking of the, uh, I believe it was the Lucky Whitehead, where they they zero blitzed Gainey, and he just he was just a little late getting to Nathan Rourke, and then they let the free man run through, and the feast line was the was the deep man, but he wasn't deep enough, and uh, it, it it turned into a long touchdown. So, yeah, their ability to play man-to-man coverage has been kind of compromised by they just don't have enough quality man-to-man cover people so you know Malik Sonier is going to be starting again at the at the boundary corner or the short side corner they're going to adjust the uh, wide side where Tristan Decoud played at Sam last week in the linebacking core was going to go back to his familiar wide side halfback spot and they're going to put Nafis Lyon at his familiar spot at the corner on that side so that should stabilize things you hope.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly
2: So, yeah, the, the secondary is the biggest concern for me. The other concern, I'll go to the offense, the offensive line. They can't run, and maybe this is partly um, Stephen McAdoo has to, has to be a little more committed to the run, especially when you have Ante Milanovic, Lee Trey, and Malik Irons, who are sharing the running back duties right now, and they both have a five-yard average. Uh, Malik is right at five yards, and Lee Trey is at 5.6, 5.8, somewhere in that range. But, you know, Taylor Cornelius has been sacked, what, 10 times? He's had 10 escape runs. And if you're wondering what escape runs are, that's basically you've been flushed from the pocket because of pressure, but you've been able to escape. That's been a lot of pressure on Taylor Cornelius and quarterbacks this year. It's not always on the offensive line. I think Taylor Cornelius wasn't very good at recognizing his checkdowns at times yes. Or uh, last week against BC, kind of sailed an easy uh, hitch pass over the middle uh, to, Mil- to Malik Irons, which was intercepted. But on the offensive side, the I, I think the offensive line has to play better. And Chris Jones uh, said uh, yesterday to me that he's challenged uh, Stephen McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, to change out the, some of the protect- uh, protection schemes so it's not so, you know, maybe so basic or maybe – easy to read uh, from the defensive perspective. Well, and maybe
0: Saskatchewan can be had. They have lost three in a row. Now, Fajardo, what he missed, did he miss one game or two in that, which is huge to be uh, missing your quarterback. And the Elks did have a fourth quarter lead against them in week two, only by a point or two. But, I mean, they did have the lead in the in the fourth quarter. So, I, I don't know. I mean, how do you look at the Saskatchewan team this year?
2: They're not firing on all cylinders right now. Uh Cody Fajardo who sprained his MCL in that game in week 2 and then a few weeks later uh got that knee kind of twisted a little bit on uh on a sack from Sean, or, uh, Sean Oakman. Um, it was a weird play because he fell with an offensive lineman, and then he goes, "Ooh, leg of quarterback," and grabs the leg. And it was actually Fajardo that was twisting, and not not Oakman. But that seemed to kind of make things a little bit worse. So he's been playing. Uh, Fajardo has with the with the brace and his signature move. Reed, if he spins left, you're in trouble, right? Because he always seems to find a way to find the receiver downfield. Well, he's kind of limited in doing that now. He he's not as mobile. And Craig Dickinson has challenged Fajardo this week, he said it in the, the media that I need Cody to stay in the pocket more and not spin out of trouble and and not be willing to run. So he wants him to stay in the pocket and, and, and be more of a pocket passer right now instead of someone that's going to scramble out of trouble. Duke Williams is the second highest paid pl- uh, player in the league from a receiver standpoint. Well, I think from a non-quarterback perspective, I think he's the second highest paid player. Kenny Lawler's number one. Duke Williams has a Forty seven point six percent catch rate. I think it is. It's sub 50. That's not good enough. Uh, their offensive line has issues. They do have a excellent run game, the best in the league and their defense. I still think is a challenge and uh, special teams wise. You know, they've given up a lot of returns this year. So some for touchdowns, some for big returns. Um, I know we don't have a lot of high expectations for the Elks return game, but maybe the, uh, the uh, door swings open for uh, Charles Nelson, who will handle the returns tomorrow. So can the Riders be had? Yeah, I think it's, it could be a winnable game for the Elks. But like you say, close game in week two. How much is, has this team learned from then, And now that they're more you know, continuity within the group, can they find a way to play more together? And, and find a way to make better decisions and make smarter decisions and concentrate better when the game's close.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I think concentration is... I'm glad you use that word because I, I think it's been lacking at times. And when you have a talent deficit, it doesn't help if uh, you're not taking care of some of the other details. All right, Dave, thanks for hopping on. Uh, you and uh, a little bit of Brendan Escott will be hosting over the next couple of weeks because I'm going to take my uh, remaining few vacation days. So I appreciate you guys doing that. And if, uh, of course I will be waving to you from my seats in Sex and H tomorrow, buddy.
2: I can't wait. And, of course, we'll be talking for a bit uh, during your, your time off. And, of course, enjoy your time at the Fringe. And that's another thing that is uh, another great event that's back in Edmonton for the first time in, since 2019. And, and, and enjoy your time down there volunteering as well.
0: Right on. Thanks, Dave. That is Dave Campbell, the producer of this show, your color analyst for our Elks broadcast here on 630. Chad, 630 tomorrow night for the countdown to kickoff game at 8. Elks against the Riders back in a couple of minutes inside sports with reed wilkins is brought to you by james h
2: brown and associates alberta injury lawyers the heavy hitters of injury law all right seven
0: twenty-three is the time of the evening thanks a lot for checking out the show tonight It is uh, still ahead. We'll talk a little bit more football about the Edmonton Huskies. The Prairie Football Conference season starts this weekend. The Edmonton Wildcats also in action. And we'll be joined by Huskies coach Jeff Tobert. And a little bit from uh, Trent Brown, former double E football player. James H. Brown, the title sponsor of Inside Sports. And Trent uh, actually feeling pretty good about that Elks game tomorrow, even though they are 2-6 and after eight games. Here's head coach Chris Jones.
1: Well, nobody's more disappointed than myself. You know, I'm disappointed in where we're at as a football team. I, I take it very personally. I mean, this is what I, I, you know, this is what I'm designed to do. You know, that's why they paid me to come up here. It's not for my looks. So, I mean, we're, uh, we're certainly, uh, you know, disappointed as to where we're at. And, uh, you know, we want we to continue to do our job. You know, we're here to, to do one thing, and that's to play and coach uh, professional football and not just play and coach professional football, but good football. And we've yet to be consistent enough to be considered a good team. Thus, our record.
0: Well, yeah, there have been good moments, but not nearly consistent enough. And then three games in which they have been completely outclassed. So the situation is the Elks are two at six. The riders are four and four. It is very likely four teams from the West will make the playoffs. So if you win this game, you can put some heat on Saskatchewan because then the Elks play Ottawa twice and Ottawa, is uh, is not very good at all. So Jones was commenting
1: on Saturday's game being a must win. Yeah, I mean it's an opportunity to have an opportunity, you know. Yeah. So I mean it's uh, it's our chance to to be able to work our way and uh, work our way into the playoffs, which you have to secure a playoff spot before you can win a championship anyway, regardless of your record. So we've got to uh, do what we need to do tomorrow and play fast, and uh, and then it's just a one game deal all the way uh, the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, one game deal the rest of the year. That is true. And they're going to need to win a lot of those one games to uh, even flirt with a playoff spot. We'll we'll see if they can pull off something tomorrow night against Saskatchewan. About, th- where are we here? Two minutes into the third quarter, Toronto leading Hamilton 21-14 in uh, Friday Night Football. We'll keep you posted on that one. And uh, updating the Blue Jays, I said they're having a tough night. It's almost over. In the ninth inning, the Guardians leading the Blue Jays 8 nothing. Blue Jays with only two hits this evening. All right you can get in touch by the way at 780-496-0063 that is the hotline presented by Teed, the pro's choice for roofing siding drywall insulation and ceiling systems Teed pro all the way follow me on twitter at Reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s and to email the old program send it to inside sports at 630 ched.com quick time out for the news and weather talk to you after seven thirty.